See Sweet and Sour, powered by Align, the podcast where we talk about the sweet and not-so-sweet sides of leadership. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of See Sweet and Sour. I am very happy to host Sam Moses. Sam, how are you today? Good, good, good. Um, thanks for having me on. Excited, excited to have a chat. Yeah, this is that's the, the it is a chat. This is not an interview. This is not a webinar. This is us discussing your life, your your business ventures, and uh, how you are succeeding today. So, on that point, I will run run through your bio, and then we can just get this started. Perfect. Sam is the founder and CEO of Socrates, a company based in Boca Raton. Florida that specializes in producing the highest quality custom socks at the fastest turnaround time. With over 4,000 clients, Socrates has emerged as an industry leader with clients in the US, Germany, France, Iceland, UK, Israel, and Canada. Again, Sam, how's it going? Good, good, good. It's going great. Yeah, that's a good uh, good synopsis of, uh, of what we're doing here. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And I kind of want to get into that um socrates didn't just happen out of nowhere um tell me a bit about your background and how you just shifted because from my understanding it's a huge shift no it was a huge shift so i came um out of the business school in toronto uh Schulich school of business uh, many many years ago a long time ago um and i was on the consulting track so i worked for kind of like a management consulting company then um, where we were doing consulting to investment banks all over the world. And, you know, mm -hmm. you come out, I was 22. I was working like crazy. We were traveling around the world and we were doing presentations. When I say I was doing presentations, I was preparing the presentation and somebody else was presenting it um, yep. to executives all over Europe. And um, it was quite a bit of travel and it was quite a bit of um, uh, work, but it was an excellent learning experience. Um, I did that for a few years and I realized that these hours are, you know, really, really uh, serious hours and the travel and the time zones. And I was just getting very tired. Uh, so I left mm -hmm. that. I joined a small uh, consulting practice with a professor. We worked together for a few years. And what happened was I was on a, a client trip uh, in New York and Manhattan. And I was walking mm -hmm. by a store, this little, little shop. It was like literally 300 square feet. And they were selling high-end Italian neckwear. So it was, a, mm -hmm. it was a neckwear chain from Italy that was on Madison Avenue. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with the store. I used to be very into neckties. I don't think I've worn a necktie now in many, many years, but I was very into neckties back then because in the consulting, you know, you dress very formal and especially back then, and you know, we used to always be obsessed with our neckties and dress shirts and suits, you know, in Toronto and the weather. So uh, that yeah. was a big thing for us. Um, so I just fell in love with the store and I, I reached out to Italy and, you know, it's kind of crazy to think back, but I reached out to Italy and I said, hey, I'd love to open this store in Toronto. And they didn't have a store in Toronto. They had one in Montreal, actually. Mm -hmm. And they said, sure, we'll give you the rights. You can open up in Toronto, basically. Um, and, you know, we opened the store in Toronto in 2008, which was a whole process. It's a very high-end men's store. You know, the mm -hmm. build-out was really extensive. And we, we got to learn the business. And what I noticed is we were selling high-end neckwear to executives. What I noticed is very early was that, um, you know, we were only servicing a certain clientele, a certain demographic, you know, a hot, you know, higher income businessmen, you know, in the financial district. And I was like, you know, why can't the store be more accessible to more people? Why can't everybody mm -hmm. come in? Why can't everybody enjoy the experience of the store? So mm -hmm. what we did at the time in 2013, very popular at the time was this brand called Happy Socks. 
I don't know if you've heard of the brand, but it's like a colorful mm-hmm. sock brand. So mm-hmm. we reached out to them and we got, we got the uh, uh, approval from the, from the head office in Italy and we started selling happy socks in our store. And you wouldn't believe it. Like, I wish I had video or I wish I had um, a way to describe it. The store became like 30, 40 customers a day to like 400, 500 customers a day. There were lineups outside our store because it's such a high, it was the financial district in Toronto, yeah. you know, Bay and Adelaide area. Um, yeah. It's such a high traffic area. And we had this beautiful display, this beautiful sock display. And people were coming from all over the place. And it could have been the entry-level person. It could have been the CEO. Everybody was coming in to get these socks. And we became one of the top sellers in Canada of happy socks. Uh, fast forward a year later, two years later, I got married. My wife's in advertising in New York City. She comes, takes one look at these socks, and she's like, this is absolutely incredible. I've never seen people line up like this for this kind of product. Mm-hmm. You got to do your own brand. You have to like, you know, take charge of this and like yeah. go your own brand and be your own, like live your own life with this, you know? Yeah. So we, you know, we, we, we went to, we went to the factories in China and we found the manufacturer there, made a very high quality sock and we started to bring it in. We exited the happy sock sales and we started to bring it in and we started to sell Socrates. Okay. Um, and people really responded. There was no real like turnover of people saying I wanted happy socks. We did really well. Um, being in the financial district, what happened after that was that companies were coming to us and said, who manufactured these socks? These socks are great. And we would say, uh, we manufacture it. And they started to ask us right away to, um, to produce for them. They were going to a trade show. It's an employee giveaway or, um, kind of like a gift item for their clients. And we started to produce for them on their label. We started to source Mm -hmm. designers from overseas and we would at that time we didn't really know what we were doing we had to figure it out fast yeah uh, and then the business grew um and to the point where we started to go online digital marketing and you know we just you know covid hit so we exited the retail business completely and now we're a team of you know 13 people that all we do is custom socks and we service clients all over the world so there was kind of like this moment where we just decided this is the business for us this is where our passions lie we mm-hmm. got to move out of the neckwear business. Neckwear was going down um, at that point. Um, and though I love neckwear and we did really well in neckwear and it was really a good business at the time. It's just not for us now. So we exited the neckwear business and we now just do custom socks. That's how we got into it. Incredible. Incredible. So one of the things that I think a lot of people that want to, that are listening to this, this, this episode want to know about is what was your mindset during, I think two pivotal moments. One, when you're, maybe even three one did you think in the beginning when you're going to get happy socks when you're when you you talk to this high-end brand and say hey listen i want to put happy socks in did you think it would it would it would do so well and what was your mindset when it did like what 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 happened did you do anything specifically or did it just just happen yeah what happened was i remember i had this little suitcase you know and we put in 50 pairs and within an hour, they sold out. And I'm like, well, what, what's going on here? 50 pairs of socks in an hour? Like, I don't even know if it was an hour. And then we said, okay, let's order, you know, 250. And then that sold out. And then 1,000, that sold out. And then at one point, we were doing, you know, 1,200 to 1,500 a day or something like that. It's crazy yeah. during the holiday season, which if I showed you what 1,500 pairs looks like, you'd be like, that is insane, you know? Um, so did I think it was going to blow up like that? Definitely not. You know, definitely not. Um, but the response was tremendous. When I saw, like, you know, 
grandparents coming in shopping for their grandkids. I was like, wait a minute, this must be something here. Like everybody's on this now, you know? And when I saw little kids buying for their parents and vice versa, I was like, this is unbelievable. Cause I was so used to the necktie where everybody mm -hmm. kind of was similar. Like, it was a very similar customer, um, mm -hmm. an executive an insurance or banking or law is very specific type of customer, a wedding, you know? And to get this was like, this is unbelievable. Like just to get that flow. So the answer to that was, we did not expect it at all, uh, but we were very happy to see it, you know? Okay. And when your wife came to you in advertising, obviously she's a th thought leader in the space. If she, she probably understands what's going on there. Did you have any, like, oh, I don't, was there any kind of rebellion saying, or not rebellion, but any kind of pushback saying, come on, I, this, this, let, let me, this is going great. Let's just yeah. keep doing this. Was that, did that yeah. happen at all? My nature was like, you know, we're doing so well with these socks and Happy Socks is a great partner to us. I don't want to mess with it. And I'm a retailer. You know, I'm a retailer. Yeah. I want to focus on being a great retailer. Maybe opening up. I started opening up these pop-up shops. We were doing, we were selling Happy Socks in these little pop-up shops around the path, um, which we did with Socrates later. And we opened up some stores and mm -hmm. uh, that was great. But um, I was like, I'm a retailer. You know, I, 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 I'm a master of retail. I'm trying to figure out retail. I don't know if I want to go manufacture things. So I did push back. Um, but she just kept, she was just like, it can't be like, you have to have your own brand. And then, you know, we both came up with this name Socrates. And when I heard that, I was like, that's, that's a good name. Like, that's going to be a name that people kind of resonate with. Cause it's like, and she had this whole play of like, what do your socks say about you? What does polka dot mean? Kind of like Socrates, like the philosopher, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. like, what does a polka dot say? If you're wearing a polka dot, what does a stripe say? What is a, what does it mean? You're wearing animals on your socks. So she had that whole play on that, which some of our stores incorporated when we did it later. Uh, but I did push back a little bit, but it, it won me over because, A, I could see that the margins were going to be better. The only downside to producing your own brand is that all the minimums are so high, but I was selling so much that I was able to accommodate for those minimums. So it wasn't such a problem, but I had to figure out shipping from China. I had to figure out what to do when I got a bad run. I had to worry about quality. I had to worry about design. There was a lot of new headaches that came to me, um, but obviously it was worth it in the long run. Interesting. And the second, or what I first initially thought second, but it's actually the third now, COVID. So what happened was by 2018, we had already shifted to make the stores kind of like a side business. And we were already mm -hmm. going full steam ahead on the custom socks. Mm -hmm. um, but what happened during COVID was obviously the stores got shut down for COVID, mm -hmm. which is a mm -hmm. whole story in and of itself. But the yeah. sock business, which was a digital marketing business, we started to see new types of customers come for custom socks and who were they um, or different use, I should say, same customers. It started to be people that wanted to send their team at home gift packs, right? So you would ship them and we were shipping these boxes of socks, like three pack or a two pack or a sock and a mug together, you know, where they were going to the employee's house and they would get this virtual gift to their house and then the team would have a meeting, they would all show their swag on the call or, you know, that kind of stuff. So we got quite a bit of that. I'm not going to yeah. say COVID was um, better for us than the month before COVID or the month after, right? You know, uh, we okay. did better after, we're definitely doing better now. We were doing better before, but we were able to sustain ourselves with who we had uh, based on that demand for that specific use, you know, but no trade shows, um, no parties, right? So it's just that use, but it did, it did do, uh, it did hold itself relatively well. Well, what we did do, we were kind of smart with it. We just didn't sit back and wait for orders. We tried to build our infrastructure, better website, better ordering process, 
better stock, better packaging and say, look, the business is going to come back, you know, God willing, um, COVID's going to pass and people are going to go yeah. back to normal. That was the big hope for everybody in the world. Um, and what we're going to do is we're just going to be ready that when they come back, we have a better version of ourselves to show people. And that did work. Like we had a better website and we had a better ordering process and people were just really happy. We had a client base already. So we went back to them and we, you know, maybe we offered them a special deal to order or whatever it was. But mm -hmm. we, we, you know, when COVID started to pass and these events started to come back, we were ready for it. And we saw a boom right after that. 90% of businesses fail. 10% don't. Here's why. Plans fail when you don't have the right systems and software in place. This is why we built Align, a strategic growth management software that allows you to share real-time updates and eliminate miscommunication. Align is an easy-to-use, cloud-based software with features like daily huddles, KPI dashboards, software integrations, and so much more. You can see your company's priorities, critical numbers, goals, and tasks while holding everyone accountable. And all this in the palm of your hand with our mobile app. So what are your next steps? It's simple. Learn more about Align by requesting a demo at aligntoday.com. Let us make sure we land you in that 10%. Align. Achieve big goals faster. A lot of people during the COVID times were so afraid to spend money because yeah. they were like, why are we doing this? Nobody's coming in. Let's let's hold the money because kind of as a... Uh, a, a, an emergency fund rather than let's invest the money in ourselves. Now. Oh yeah. A lot of people, a lot of business consultants said now's the time to invest. And it's easy to say, uh, you t tell me, did, did you feel comfortable doing that? Did you, did you feel like that was yeah. the right? Did you ever think maybe we should just stop for a second? Yeah. You're getting pulled in two directions. One direction is wait a minute, ad costs are way down. Uh, there's some opportunities here. Mm -hmm. um you know shipping shipping was through the roof i mean shipping was a crazy thing where the prices were higher um mm -hmm. because the demand was was out of control but mm -hmm. um but you know certain things were down and i mean the market was kind of weary so you're getting pulled in two directions one direction where you're like i gotta just keep going and fight through this and grow mm -hmm. and one direction where you're like i gotta conserve capital because and energy and and you know because you never know what's going to happen here because there's no there was no end date there was no like oh this is going to end on this date so I just got to get to that date you don't know what's going to happen mm -hmm. right um, mm -hmm. so we didn't hire new people we kept our team we didn't let, nobody like everybody stayed with us we okay. kept the team and we just kind of like just plowed through some months were good some months were not as good um, but I kind of have this opinion in business where and it's hard it's definitely hard but you got to kind of look at the big picture like we know the product is a great product. We know there's a demand for it. We know people like it. We know our process is good. We know there is a need. So, you know, maybe you're right. In March of 2020, there wasn't the biggest need or it was down, but we know that maybe by March, 2021 or 2022, it's going to come back. Right. So we just got to sustain ourselves and kind of like keep doing what we're doing and believe in it and, you mm -hmm. know, build, build better infrastructure for ourselves and then things should work out, you know, but it's definitely, you know, when you go to sleep at night, you're definitely worried about this. Right. Did there's a psych like psychological term, which I've for completely forgotten. I've been talking about it with myself the past couple of days, which I probably should know what the term is, but it is uh, a, a point where it, it is the, the feeling of which you've spent so much money into something, even though you, you know, it's going to go into the wall, it's going to yeah. crash, but because right. you've spent so much money and you invested so much time, you want to continue doing it 
even though if you ask anybody else outside look, looking in, or even if you were the third person looking into somebody else that's doing the exact same thing, you would say, stop. Right. Kevin O'Leary says, right? Like, go out and shoot it, right? That's his line. You yeah. Know? <laughs> exactly. So you're right. This How long stop. was that for? Yeah. I think you like, you know, business school would tell you there's a, you know, that's sunk cost. Don't throw good money after bad money. You know, you've heard these things before. Right. But then it's like, I can't, I'm, I'm in this now. I have to keep going. But then there's that doubt, right? That doubt creeps in and you're like, maybe I shouldn't keep going because maybe there are other businesses out there that would be more suitable for me at this moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, there, that doubt lasts. You know, we had our best month ever up to date then, uh, up to mm-hmm. that date in February of 2020. And everything mm-hmm. was going great. And then March hit and you're just like, okay, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> like all, all, we were shipping boxes to people and they were just putting them in storage because the event that they had bought for was no longer Shipped going. Out. That was kind of a downer. You're like, wait a minute. We just, you know, we made you these socks. You paid for them and they're going into the closet. That's not a great feeling. Right. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, the doubt lasted, you know, and again, there was business and there was a need and, you know, at one point we were selling these custom masks that came up, you know, so we started doing that. The clients were reaching out to us for custom masks because they know we do custom things, right? So we are a design business. So they knew us as designers. So they're like, can you just attach the design to the mask? So we started doing that. Um, but we're really passionate about the socks. So, you know, it wasn't our, you know, didn't get us going in the morning, you know, but um, yeah. there was doubt. You know, I'd say six months, you know, you know, six, you know, six to eight wow. months of just like, when is this going to come back? Um, but I had to keep the team. I'm really loyal to them and they're really loyal to us. Had to keep the team and just, you know, keep going and self-finance and keep going. So yeah, that happens. And, you know, looking back now, it's easy to look back and say, oh, everything worked out. But at the time it was very difficult. You know? Did you ever think maybe just shut down? And if so, what were your, would you have any plans of what would I do if I do shut down? Because everything was shutting down, right? It wasn't yeah. just the stock business. Yeah, no, it was everything. No, it, was, it definitely wasn't just the sock business. Um, uh, it was everything. It was the time, but it was everything. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, my wife jokes, you know, being married to me, I come home every day with a new business idea, but some of them are jokes and some of them are real. And she noticed during that time, I was coming home with a lot of ideas and a lot of these like things. And she was seeing that I was taking them a little bit more seriously. So she mm-hmm. asked me, she's like, you're not considering like pivoting into one of these businesses. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But, you know, I need to. I mean, you know, I have four children, so I need to plan accordingly um, just in case I need to move things. But that didn't come. It didn't get too serious, you know, but I had a lot of ideas. Some of them, mm-hmm. some, of, some of these ideas are ridiculous, but I had, I had some ideas and uh, I was thinking about it, but I never really fully considered it. Again, we had, we had a team already. Things were happening. We were pretty lean. You know, we kept it pretty lean from the beginning. We're kind of smart like that. We don't, we don't overshoot on overheads. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas the retail business, it's like overhead, overheads are crazy, right? Um, okay. We didn't, have, you know, our business is such that we don't have heavy inventories. So that wasn't hurting us. Um, so yeah, it, we were set up in a way to sustain ourselves. Let's say that, you know. Okay. Uh, now that everything is, I would say, back to normal, more or less, uh, and, and you know, improving. Are you doing anything right now to help scale the business, optimize it even more? Yeah. For us, everything's about investing in our technology, uh, making okay. sure that we have automation in place um, for, for when the orders and the order requests come in, getting that request to the design team and then communicating back to the project managers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the systems in place, the automation and the, and the you know, the emailing and the, the, every touch to the customer, we want it to be very 
smooth and and very very frictionless mm-hmm. um so that's what we're obsessed with right now and we want that to be the case whether we get you know 10 orders a month back five years ago or right now you know 250 orders a month whatever it is we want each customer to have the best possible experience so that to get when you do 250 orders a month when you break that down you know 60 70 orders a week these kind of orders heavy custom orders where they're shipping mm-hmm. all over the world you're going to need some you know serious systems in place to do that you know so you're investing more right now in technology rather than people yeah i'd say you know a little bit of both but if i had to like say which one is more i'd say it's technology utilizing technology and then having the people you know be more efficient through that technology right like but the truth is as the as the technology gets more efficient and people are more efficient you mm-hmm. should actually be hiring more because each person is doing more. So you're actually able to produce more. You're actually able to uh, scale more. So like when people mm-hmm. are worried about AI and how that's going to affect, you know, their jobs. And I would say as a company, my mindset is when I see AI and I see the efficiency through AI, I actually want to hire more people and I want to give them those tools to do more and to produce more and to, and to compete more and to, you know, and to just have more of an impact in the field that we're in. So you know, that's how I look at technology. I actually look at it as a job creator uh, versus a job eliminator, you know? that that's, that's, that's really interesting because the way I see it, especially now with everything going on in the world and people just trying to save more money, what I see right now is, is, is kind of like what I mentioned in the beginning when I, when I asked you, are you, are you, are you focusing more on investing in tech rather than people? But your mindset, which I, by the way, really like, is that you're thinking about the people as well. And rather, as opposed to just trying to get the most out of one person and like just drain the hell out of them, you are looking at this in a pause in, in a in a overall positive way rather than just improving your business. You're looking at the other people as well, which I commend very, very much, which is great. The, I think the, the pushback from somebody else would be, or just the thought process somebody else would be, there, there, there needs to be a, a tipping point in which you do hire somebody else, right? You can't right. just hire somebody, give them the tools and expect them to do the exact same amount as somebody else. I'm thinking just as like, at a sales standpoint, if you hire right. a salesperson, if leads don't come in, they're just sitting there on their asses. Obviously, they can right. do some outreach um, or stuff like that. Again, this is more B2B style stuff where they do the outreach. But what what do you say to that? Um, I hear the question. You know, you yeah. you you want to make sure that the person is is efficient with these tools. Is that kind of like right. where you're coming? From? Not so, only efficient, but if you do hire somebody again, depending on what they're doing, right? I'm not. I'm not, If you don't have enough orders, even if you have somebody using AI to to right. for the process to be quicker, if you don't have enough orders, they don't have anything to do. Yeah, that's what, you know what that's I mean? what I always yeah, that's what I'm always thinking about that. I'm like, this AI is great, but if it doesn't bring in more leads or if it doesn't close more deals, then let's just go back to the Rolodex, because who cares, right? Like yeah, at the end yeah. of the day it has to close and there has to be if you can be as, as efficient as you want, but it's all about, you know, making sure that there's enough coming in to support the people that you're hiring, right? Um right. so there's a balance there. Like, you know, you, yeah. you can hire all you want, but you know, I guess you have to check out, you have to keep an eye on that revenue per employee to make sure that it's a healthy number and make sure exactly. you're comfortable with it. Um, but 
you know, we use, you know, we're doing this thing now with our SEO where we're creating, you know, great blog content with AI and we use it mm -hmm. as a, like a helper, not as like a, just, you know, using AI and then plugging it in, but mm -hmm. it, it makes us more efficient. It used to take us quite a bit of time to make one blog post. Obviously it's not, as, it's not at seconds. Okay. That, that's an exaggeration, but it's, it's a lot faster than it was, you know, because we're able to just get the content a little quicker, edit the content make it applicable to us, you know, it still takes time, but the, you know, the, the employee, the, our growth manager who's doing that is just able to produce so much better and, and quicker content uh, so that we can hit our goals faster, you know, and, 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 and exceed our goals really, you know? Yeah. I, I, I love that. Uh, as somebody who's been in marketing for such a long time and I started off in the SEO space first. Uh, one thing that, that when this all started was, okay, it's very easy to find out if something is AI, is driven by AI. But the way I see this is you're not creating, you're not just writing in a keyword saying this is who it's for. And then it just, whatever yeah. pops out, you put on the website. No. What, so what we're doing right now is instead of writing uh, a fifth, a 500 word article in an hour, we're writing a 2000 word article in an hour with the help of AI. That's, right. That's how I look at it. It's not that you're um, taking AI and just copy pasting and that's it, but it's making no. it a lot easier for your content person to create content in or more content in less time and it's not like you're burning them out it's just making it a little bit easier and are you using ai only for uh only for marketing or for anything else so we use it for seo and i actually just mm -hmm. wanted to add one comment to what you were saying at the end of the day you know you can use whatever tools you're using and all the tools change so for 20 years you know i've seen all these tools come in yep. you know and all the phones but at the end of the day the result that you need is the same and what you need in these blog posts is engaging content that people are going to read, whether you're using AI um, or whether I'm doing it myself, it has to be mm -hmm. engaging and it has to be creative and it has to be interesting because there's a lot of stuff out there, right? So um, the bottom line is the same. It doesn't matter what you're using, the tool that you're using. It's like, it's like the difference between using Microsoft Word or Google Docs. At the end of the day, you need to produce the content that matters, right? So, yeah. um, so that's what I wanted to add. We also use AI. We're starting to look into it now for um, just some outreach within our industry. We sell a lot to distributors. Uh, mm -hmm. Distributors are kind of like the middle promotional companies who then go and sell to their clients all the products. So they have a mug guy and they have a sock guy, they have a t-shirt guy, they have a hoodie guy, you know? Mm -hmm. So we'll do the socks. Um, so we want to engage them on LinkedIn and we want to kind of like uh, get them interested. And again, it's all about, we're not sending people emails saying, hey, do you want custom socks? It's about giving them something that they could actually use. Hey this product has a great ROI at trade shows. Hey, this product is very sustainable. It's not thrown out like a pen. And a pen is like, people are wary of that now. They don't want, you go to a trade show, I, I read a stat that 80% of this stuff gets thrown in the garbage, right? So yep. nobody throws the sock in the garbage, which is good. That helps us. Um, people wear it, people like it, people wash it. It stays with you, you know? So yeah. it has received value, you know? So um, we, we like to give that kind of information over through this, automated uh outbound approach through to to get to get in touch with them um and then whoever's interested you know you know they're interested you know there's a return on that so you know we started to do that um again the seo um and then you know we haven't gone in the direction of ai for designs that's still done you know by our design team we have four designers that all they do all day is do designs 
you know, don't want to go there. You know, again, you got to balance this. Like, you know, and we don't, you know, especially with the back and forth of the clients, that's all us. You know, there's a there's a proper project manager. So you don't, we're not ready to go too far with it, but we're starting to dip our toe in it. You know, it's, otherwise, you know, competitors are going to start using it and then we're going to be catching up to them. You know? Hey, C-Suite and Sour listeners, it's Haley here from Align. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I just wanted to jump in with some exciting news. We have a new limited time promotion for listeners. You can get 10% off your first year of the Align software with the promo code NOTSOUR10. Align is a strategic planning and execution management software designed to help businesses achieve their goals faster. To get started, go to aligntoday.com demo and complete the form to book your demo today. Again, the code is NOTSOUR10. Now back to the episode. Are you afraid? So with design, it, it, it's it's a touchy top. It's a touchy topic because the whole idea of of being a creative or artistic person is that a computer cannot do it, and we're seeing that there is from text to um, um, from text to image props. We're seeing some legit. I don't know if you've seen any Mid Journey showcases lately. Yeah, not even lately, yeah. they're gorgeous. The question is, has your team said anything about this are they are they being biased because they're afraid of their jobs no, oh yeah. yeah like i has any of that happened and if so have what have you said to them well i brought it up because i was starting to look into it can we use ai okay. to generate beautiful designs which mm-hmm. you know you could probably build an emulator to do it it would probably be a process but you could mm-hmm. uh the way that we do it in other words but it's still back to my point where we use AI to help us. We wouldn't actually, it wouldn't actually change their jobs. What it would do is right now, what happens is the client reaches out, we give them a design board. Okay. Yeah. What we would do is we would actually be able to produce lots of boards for lots of different clients and actually use the board in outreach. So the job would change from only doing sock designs for companies who reach out mm-hmm. to being able to provide high quality designs for clients in an outreach outreach manner because when they see the designs it does help the sale but so again their jobs would be safe it would just be utilizing it in a different way right that's all Mm -hmm. okay would you here's here's a great question uh the way i the way i when i talk to to my team it's a little bit different in marketing um because there's marketing never ends but what i always say to my team is that if you can do what other people do in eight hours, you can sleep the extra, you can do in three hours, other people do in eight hours. I don't mind you sleep the, next, the extra five hours. Like it's, right. that's not the exact thing that I say every time, but that's to get the point across. Like I personally don't mind. Do you think, not necessarily in your business, do you think business owners should look at it differently and say, hey, one person is able to do so many other things. Right now, there isn't enough uh, in the funnel to, uh, to make sure that everybody has a full work scope, you know, their right. scope is full. Would you, would, do you think it'd be a good idea to leave them as is and Hey, listen, now you got more free time. You're making the same money. And I just have more free time. Or do you think it would be a good idea to say, listen, we need to cut back maybe a few layoffs now. And then once we start growing, we can bring you back in or something in that. Like, what are your right. thoughts around that? So when we first started the business, uh, my number, the, who's now the number two in the company, she's the head of the design. It was just me yeah. and her. So we yeah. were just two of us. 
I mean, it was crazy, you know, because we we were busy in a way that she would, there were days that she didn't even leave her chair. Like she would just work 10, 12 hour days. She was swiping through credit cards in her apartment with our Moneris machine, you know, the credit card machine. You know, it was getting, very no systems in place we were using air i think we were using Airtable or excel or something to, to route the jobs now we use you know obviously better crms um but yeah. she was working to the point where it's just like there were times in the year that we would get frustrated with each other because we were just getting burnt out the two of us because it was just me and her me on the project side and her on the design side okay and i mm-hmm. said to her i said we got to build the company in a way that it's not where everybody's packed with time all the time like it's okay for everybody to have a little bit of breathing space especially these designers who we 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 rely on their creativity people who are designers my wife comes from an advertising background she's a copywriter she's like they need to breathe they need to think they need to you know concept so they can't be packed you can't it's not like a ro- it's not like a machine that just pumps out things right so um, we built the company in a way that there are going to be some times where the designers are not as busy and that's okay. Um, and they can use that time to learn some new skills that they can then use in the business, or they can use that time to do things like build a new website page that we need or build out some, mm-hmm. do some photography for us or, mm. um, do some more, take some interest in Google ads or whatever it is, even if it's outside their scope a little bit, learn a little bit more about our business. We, you know, do some factory, uh, zo- uh, you know, go, they do uh, zoom calls with the factory to learn more about what, how the production process works. So there is times that these four designers, these four designers are not busy every single minute of the day. And if they were, I would just make, I wouldn't, I would make, I would hire a fifth person or sixth person. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to be busy every single minute of the day. They're pretty busy. I'm not going to lie. They're pretty busy, but there's downtime. So they use that downtime to build new websites for us, a new page to help us, you know, communicate better to the clients from a design standpoint. They, you know, we go to trade shows, they have to do brochures and stuff like that. They're time, so they get other things to do. And I find if they just do one thing all day, you know, there's going to be burnout and, and there's going to be frustration and friction. And we try to stay away from all that. I like that. I like that. And, and the model generally is our model. I don't know if it's the right model. We don't really lay off, you know, you know, if somebody comes, our people have been with us the entire time. You know, if, if, they're, if they're a good fit, then we generally keep them and, you know, we make it work with them, you know. Has there been quick fires ever? Yeah, it's just, I don't know if it's a fire, but it's just, it's just, you know, we do this 90 day trial and it's just kind of like, you're not fitting in the vibe of the company. Um, you know, the skills that are needed to do the job. It hasn't happened in design. It happened in project or it's just not for us. Like we're, we're I'm really obsessed, maybe too obsessed with getting back to the client really quickly. You know, like, you know, the client makes a request, let's get back to them and let's not like sit around for a couple hours and then get back to them. So I'm really, with the project managers, I'm really obsessed, calm down a little bit, but I'm little, I'm, little, I'm really obsessed with them getting the request to the designers and getting it back, you know, and just smooth. We want it smooth. We don't want the client being like, okay, what happened to my designs three days later, right? So, but I'm, I'm even talking, I want it back in like an hour, you know? So there are yeah. some people that want to work with that kind of um, pulse. So they don't want to work with that kind of hustle. And that's fine. That's not, you know, they can go work in an organization that does things differently and that's fine, but it's not going to be for us. There's just a certain way that we work. Um, and there's a certain expectation that we have um, that um, if you don't fit into that, it's not the right fit. So it has happened a couple of times. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's interesting. So it's a nine it's for you the ninety days trial. Does it depend on which what the position is, or for everyone it's ninety days. Everybody gets ninety days. Um, okay. And then what, to be honest with you, anybody who's made it out of those ninety days, we keep. They've been with us for the whole time. 
And okay. there are certain people that it's just, it's clear. And I don't think it's good for them either. I don't think they're happy. Like, I don't think they're, they like me with, I have a certain intenseness and our designers are certain intenseness. And it's just a certain vibe that we have that it's just not for them. And that's okay. Like, you know, I still would give them a job re recommendation somewhere else. It's just not Socrates. The way that we operate is just, it's too, uh, too different than how they want to operate, you know? That, that has happened or, or no. Uh, that hasn't happened to us yet. Um, really? I get nervous, I get nervous about that because our team is so good. That I'm waiting for the first one. It's been five, six years. Nobody's left yet. Uh, one one lady went on maternity leave, but she's coming back. So that doesn't okay. I don't know if that count. No. Uh, it, if yeah, she does I mean, actually come coming. back, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see if she comes back. Yeah. Uh, but it's never happened yet. I am nervous about it because, like, you know how it works. You know this. Like, every time somebody comes or leaves, it's like the organization changes. Like we look so different than we did a year ago, just because of the new hires and the mm -hmm. new people in there. So I'm, I'm, I would actually miss them a lot. You know, I, I, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet, but we'll see. Everybody, people are kind of honest with me. They're kind of like, you know, I need a raise, or you know, I'm thinking about changing careers. Can you help me? And then we kind of find them a role in our company. So we have a good communication. You know, when you, I'm going to have to touch on this. When you look at when you look at culture in your company, yeah, um, just from listening to what you're saying, it, I don't feel like you're specifically searching out for something. I just feel like instead of at the in the hiring process before you hire them and give them those those ninety days, it looks like you kind of get a feel that they might seem like they're the right person, and then yeah. in those ninety days, that's the real hiring process, and that's yeah. how you filter out if it's a good fit or not usually tell within the first five to 10 minutes of a conversation, if this person's going to be a good fit for us. Mm -hmm. um, and then we try to validate it over those 90 days. But I think you would probably agree. You kind of know in those 90 days within the first couple of weeks, if this is going to work, you know, yeah, uh, but yeah. there are people, I got to say, there is one employee who I, at the beginning, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. And then she just like, I don't know. Like she's like our top employee now. She's great. Like I was like, wow, she's amazing. Now they're going to ask me. The whole company's going to ask me who this person is. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I was like, she she is just great, and I and I loved working with her, and I and she's just she's really good, you know. So that's 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 amazing. I I love that it comes when it comes naturally and it's not forced upon. Um, I, I I appreciate that very very much. Um, as we go reaching the end to the, of this, uh, one of the things that I love asking is, um, is, is looking, is looking back. And if you were able to go to time machine, uh, just before you started your business, you're still in, you're still an investment banking firm. What advice would you give yourself to help you with your journey? Yeah, I think I would tell myself not to be so scared. I remember I was in uh, working in that consulting firm and, uh, and a guy I went to business school with, he was also in the firm and he we were mm -hmm. walking around, you know, this Prince Arthur Street in Yorkville, you know, mm -hmm. in Toronto and uh, <laughs> early 2000s. So, you know, less cell phones and all this stuff. We're not checking our cell phones and we're just talking and he was yeah. going to go out, he was leaving the firm and he was going to go take a year off and like travel and like, you know, I think he was going to focus on his music. Um, and then he ended up, you know, starting a new company, he's a very successful guy. And I was like scared. I'm like, what? Leave a job? I can't leave a job. Like, you know, you have this mentality where you have to do what you're doing at that exact moment. And I think I would tell myself to be less scared, you know, let things come to you a little bit more. Don't force them and just enjoy the ride a little bit because um, the ride is great. Like when you're when you're enjoying what you're doing and things are going well. And even when, 
you know, sometimes things are down, but you know, you, you're trying to find a way out. You, if you can enjoy that instead of just being stressed about it, that's, that's great. So I'm trying to do that now. Like, like I come home from work at five, six o'clock, I turn off my phone for a few hours just to spend time with the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they come back to it. So I appreciate both sides. I appreciate the personal side and the business side. Before it was maybe just one side over the other. I'm trying to do both now. Um, and then, you know, I would tell myself to just, you know, b- you know, believe in yourself and also trust the people around you. Like this number two in my company, she's the head of design. Mm-hmm. Now, I spent a lot of years in my career just being on my own and trying to figure things out on my own and not really relying on anybody with the exception of maybe my parents getting a lot of advice from them. But mm-hmm. now like there's not many decisions that I make in the company that don't go with her. Like she just is a really good person to just talk things out with. Um, so that I would tell myself also just, you know, just real, just, you can rely on other people also to give you advice and to, uh, guide you safely out of pro out of situation. So that's what I do now. And that's a good thing also, you know? Yeah. I, a lot of people are worried about the end of the journey and don't listen and aren't present during the journey. And yeah. if there's one thing it's, it's one of the things that I'm also, I'm working towards doing now as I, I'm a little bit older, uh, though I know I don't look it, but uh, I'm turning 40 in about a couple of months. Uh, uh, probably when this airs, when this airs, I will probably, I would probably will be 40. Um, yeah. Congrats. But um, thank you. <laughs> It'd be funny if it lands on, on the day on my yeah. birthday. But um, uh, if there's one thing that I'm noticing is that when I recognize that even though I am at a point where it seems like it's 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 the roller coaster is going down, I have to recognize that it is a roller coaster and that means it'll go back yeah. up. And yeah, that's, that's that's life in general and business. That's um, a great line. Yeah. Thank you. I, I'm not going to take credit for it, but uh, maybe I will. I don't know. <laughs> Sam, if anybody wants to reach out to you or anything like that, how can they, how can they contact you? Sure. We have a, you know, you can reach out online. We have a website, socratescustom.com. That's socratescustom.com. You know, we get that a lot, socrates. Yeah. Uh, of course, you can email me, sam at socratescustom.com. We'd love to hear from anybody. Um, we're also hiring. If anybody looking for a job, we'd love to speak to you. What are you um, hiring for? What are you hiring for? We have positions. We have project manager positions okay. uh, and design positions. People who are looking to be designers, design some socks, you know. Okay, um, just, just if just so everybody knows, if you're looking for the project manager position, we, you need to be on point. They, they need to get yeah. it tomorrow, yesterday. Yeah. They need to get the, the answers uh, yesterday. So just rec- yeah, exactly. recognize that. I'll tell you a quick story. One of our clients, one client reached out and they CC'd me and a competitor. Um, mm-hmm. And we sent them the sock board. I thought it was weird that they put the competitor there. So I figured they're also doing that. I sent them the sock board. They picked the sock. They 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 um, they say okay, here's the location. I'm like okay. I'm, yeah. I'm in the back of my head. I'm like, what's going on with the competitor? You know. And then I call them, and they're we're finalizing the order, and they're going to pay us. And I said, oh, by the way, whatever happened to the competitor? Did did they also put in their sock? And they said, oh, we haven't heard back from them. And I'm like, wait a minute, like you know, like, and I'm already closing the order. Okay, so that's what I realized that you just you know being on top of things. There's an advantage to that, right? And and getting the client what they need properly, but also quickly, there's an advantage of that as well. And that's where we got, it's a whole side of our business where we became obsessed with the seven day turnaround time mm-hmm. because people want their, they want their stuff when they want it. Right. So, and we're in a culture where things happen fast. I order on Amazon, the, the, the thing comes the next morning. Right. So yeah, uh, like we got to get these socks to them in seven days. And at the time that was unheard of, my, my team was like, we, we're not moving these socks in seven days. No way. 
And I'm like, we have to do it in seven days. And then my team was like, okay, but we can't do unlimited colors. We have to pick colors. I'm like, no, it has to be unlimited colors. And that's how we got to Italy. And that's how we started producing Italy. That's a whole story in and of itself. Yeah. But that obsession, I guess, of what you're saying of like the customer service and the customer journey and, and servicing the customer in an advantageous way, that is, I guess you're right. I guess I'm obsessed with it. Sometimes I feel bad about it, but maybe I shouldn't, you know? No, just, just maybe the way you explain it to your project managers could be different. Maybe how yeah. you're explaining why it's important could be different. Again, I haven't, I haven't been in the conversation, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you should get them excited about it rather than yeah. be worried that they're afraid that you're asking them to do it. Right, right. Yeah. But we're doing this because we're trying to create a certain environment for the client and the client exactly. matters a lot. Right? So exactly. Uh, um, but yeah, no, thanks. This is, uh, this was really great. It was good to get to talk to you and uh, yeah, you, and you as well. You as well, Sam. So I want to thank you again, uh, Sam. Uh, I, I hope everybody else who's listening enjoyed this episode of Sea Sweet and Sour. I want to remind everyone that we have an, uh, a limited time promotion for 10% off your first year of Align. The code is not sour10. Uh, book a demo at aligntoday.com slash demo and tell your advisor the code. That's it. Uh, if you want to sign up for any notifications, you can for C-Sweet and Sour on uh, your favorite podcast platform. We have new episodes every Friday. As I always say at the end, everybody that's listening, uh, let's get shit done and have a great day. Thanks.